0: Hello, my dear friends, what is going on? I hope everyone is doing well, and welcome back once again to a brand new episode of Sweeten Up Podcast, season number two, episode number 88. I am your host, Jeff Spencer. Thank you so much for taking some time to join me today. I greatly appreciate it, whether you have for an entire season, an entire year, or you are today for the first time. Thank you so much for joining us. However, if you are just joining us for the first time. Take a look back at our library of 87 episodes anytime you want, anywhere you listen to your podcasts. As always, if you like what you hear on the podcast today and you want to hear more, please be sure to tell all your friends and subscribe to the show anywhere you get your podcasts so that you never miss a future episode. The podcast is available on all major podcast platforms, and you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Sweeten Up Podcast. With that being said, my guest on the podcast today is the great and powerful Matthew Baniver. Matthew Baniver is the founder and owner of Bard's Clothing and began his business based on two loves, storytelling and clothing. Matthew graduated from Marist College with a degree in history, and after graduating, began working at a national retail organization. Over the next five years, he moved to a few different stores, always positioned as manager, and finally landed in West Hartford, Connecticut, at a men's specialty store. There, he spent four and a half years spearheading the custom department, working under a master tailor, and developing relationships with the best mills in the world. At Bard's Clothing, they ask you about your hopes, desires, and achievements, as well as uncover your goals and values, and turns them into top-of-the-line garments that tell your story. In today's age, the internet reigns supreme, and those images are cast out for an unimaginable audience to see. Matthew and Bard's Clothing believe your clothing plays a vital role in selling yourself, even if it's as simple as a well-fitted shirt and a pair of jeans. I had such a great time chatting with Matthew, and our conversation lasted for just about two hours. And like other episodes of the show, we once again have broken this episode up into two parts, part one and part two. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here he is, my friend, and part one of my two-part conversation with the wonderful Matthew Banneford. Joining me on the podcast today here in Danbury, Connecticut, in my apartment here in Danbury for what's probably going to be the last in-person podcast here in Danbury, Connecticut, as the podcast will be shifting as of next week, April 1st. To the wonderful town of Brookfield, Connecticut. But needless to say, I am so excited because sitting here right across from me on my couch is a great guy who I just met recently, and he's doing incredible things. He owns a company called Bard's Clothing. He's the great and powerful Matthew Banver. And Matthew, thank you so much for joining me, coming all the way down from upstate Connecticut. I really appreciate it. Give me some of your time. And how are you today? What's going on, yeah. buddy?
1: Jeff, thank you so much for having me. This is a. This is exciting! I can't believe that I'm here on the, uh, you know, the final goodbye, the last hurrah <laughs> in this apartment. Yes, um, I won't be helping you move.
0: <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was looking for
1: help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just fold up my suit. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this is awesome. I this is this is so exciting because I feel like this this whole thing came together between you and I because of what we love to do. And that's just connect with human beings, you know, like this is a perfect example of just people helping people. Everybody loves a miracle and uh, you know, Connecticut's such a small state, but it's awesome that there's such a thriving and collaborative uh, business community.
0: I couldn't have said any better. And on that note, shout out to, of course, the wonderful Vanessa Senna who got us together. Uh, sent me a text said I got this you know I got this friend of mine Matthew he's doing some great things yep, and I yes. really think you should talk to him and I <laughs> and I looked you looked up what you were doing and I'm like yes I definitely have to talk to him <laughs> especially considering I've never done a podcast yet uh with a bard or or with someone who makes custom clothing so yeah. it's very cool for me to have you on so thank you so much yeah I appreciate thank you it. <laughs>
1: absolutely yeah no it's a uh, it's funny um uh Vanessa, asked on Facebook, she needed a stylist and somebody commented and said, Hey, reach out to Matt. And she said, doesn't he only do men's clothing? I love his style though. And I swooped in. I was like, no, I definitely, I'll, you know, I style women also. So let's get together. And we met up and we really hit it off. And um, it was funny. I was sitting there in the coffee shop, of course, like dressed the nines, and she walked in in all sweats and goes, <laughs> yeah, all right, this feels about right. <laughs> so we uh, sat, we had a chat, and uh, we kind of hit it off, and I was like, all right, let's go from here. And then uh, we went, uh, we did a couple different styling sessions, and then she was like, all right, you got to talk to this guy, Jeff. So she put it <laughs> together, and that's it. I mean, it was uh. such a clear like, this person told, this yeah. person told, this person told this person, and here awesome. I am on your couch. It's a beautiful thing.
0: Awesome. Yeah, it is a beautiful thing, and I love her for it. Very kind of her to, to reference people uh, you know, my way, especially someone as awesome as yourself. And for those listening and they're like, Vanessa Senna, who's that? <laughs> Go back at our library, anywhere you listen to your podcast, check out uh, episode number 70. That's the one with Vanessa Senna. Get to know all about the great things that she's doing with My Local Chefs. And uh, she's got some other things popping up because she's always doing always, things. She's, she's, unbelievable. she's yeah. unbelievable. She's unbelievable. She's a, here. She's there. She's everywhere. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> She is a tornado of greatness.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, listen, let's dive in, man. Uh, let's talk about where you're from. I mean, where'd you grow up? Where are you, where are you from? And, um, you know, was custom clothing kind of always in the plans or were there some other things you thought of doing early on? Take me back.
1: Yeah. So I am a Connecticut native. I grew up in Farmington. Um, I am one of 10 children. Oh, (laughs) nice. Yep. uh, That's a first here on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My my parents, they had five of their own, and they're originally from uh, West Hartford, and then they moved to Farmington, and they had... five. And then they were like, you know what? That was awesome. Let's do that again, but let's skip the whole childbirth part. And so they adopted five more. Gotcha. Uh, not all at once. And um, so I am the oldest of the adopted. I was born in Tegucigalpa, Honduras. Oh. I was adopted when I was three months old. and Very cool. Yeah. My parents went back uh, four more times, well, three more times to Honduras, and then my youngest sister's from Haiti. And my adopted adoptive parents are white. So I've got pretty much every race under one roof. <laughs> nice. My, uh, two of my brothers are married to uh, one's married to a girl from the Philippines and another is married to a girl from Taiwan. So literally every single race under the household. And I growing up with such a multicultural multi-looking family, I really was attuned to how people perceived us. Mm. And I think that that was really the genesis of like caring about people's stories because I realized people made assumptions about you left or right. But I was in the unique position to be like, well, no, that's, that's not his story or that's not my story. Cause I was right next to them. A lot of times when people judge you, you're like, Oh, well, they kind of got it wrong, but whatever. It's not the end <laughs> of the world. But like, if I'm sitting next to my sister who's black and I hear that they judge like me or her, or my older brother who's white or you know, they make an assumption about us. Mm. Um I'm always like, wow, okay, like people are very judgmental. And it's we we were all raised in the same exact place. And yet people have these different notions about us and who we are and where we came from. So that kind of planted the seed. But I really wanted to be a history teacher. That was oh, the cool. goal. Yeah. Me too. I, I liked history too. Oh yeah. <laughs> loved it. I I it was basically, it came down to a toying cost. I was like, you know, I'm either going to go into history or I'm going to go into film because I'm a big film buff also. Gotcha. And um, I, when I was applying to schools, I was like, all right, well, I'm kind of figuring out, figuring out, figuring out. And I went to Marist college and I (laughs) majored in psychology. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. All right. I was like, let me try this out. (laughs) I got to junior year. I was like, This is hell. (laughs) I was like, this is this is not for me. So I switched to history. And in my last two years, I each semester I took like four, I took five or six courses of history just straight to get it all done. Right. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna be a teacher. I'll go to like central, I'll get my masters, I'll teach high school. While I'm doing that, I'll go to whatever, I'll get my PhD, I'll then I'll be one of those awesome. People on History Channel like fighting Neil deGrasse Tyson or something. <laughs> or Bill Dyer. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That was the dream. And when I graduated college, I needed a job. And I went, went to the mall and applied to a bunch of places. I got a job at Express. And they're like, yeah, you can just run go-backs, um, which are all the clothes that you sweat into and get your deodorant on in the fitting room. <laughs> I have to clean it and bring it back to the rack. Gotcha. So I was like, all right, this is luxurious. At Express, (laughs) too. Everyone everyone loves Express. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That was a nightmare. So I started working there, and I just started loving just interacting with people. And I was like, okay. So there's, like, something here that I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying talking to people. We're getting a lot of people. There's a lot of young professionals, but there's also people from kind of all walks of life. And this is at West Farms Mall, um, up in yeah. West Hartford and Farmington.
0: I used to go to the Rainforest Cafe there <laughs> yeah. when I was there. Exactly. That was the big thing. My my mom or my dad, or we'd all go up yeah. there and yeah, with my sister. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it was like a theme park there. <laughs>
0: Birthday parties. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That place is awesome. Yeah. So I was working there and I was like, oh, okay. But then I started to get my master's and I was like, all right, everything's struggling. I'm not doing well in school. I'm not doing well in my job because at express, we were the third biggest volume store under Macy's and Nordstrom's at West farms. Wow. So I was going in at like four in the afternoon. I wasn't leaving until until like 10 AM the next day. Whoa. Yeah. Because those bigger stores, they have night crews to come in and clean. Express didn't have that. So right. that was us, the regular staff, just cleaning. Right, smaller, yeah. So that was it. I mean, I was just like there every single night, me and my crew
0: Grinding. struggling. Absolutely, yeah, Absolute, trying, yeah, absolute
1: <laughs> skeleton crew. <laughs> Somebody was always on deck for like, who's going to bring the monsters in? Who's going to bring this snacks? Because we were like, yeah, we just got to fold everything and wow. then wake up the next day, scream into the void and come back and watch everybody tear it apart yeah. and do it all over again. But I was like, God, why am I addicted to this? And <laughs> retail is the highs are very high and the lows are very low. Um, but I was so addicted to the highs. You know, I was just like, wow, people would come in and I would just like feel this like connection with them. And I was like enjoying, like hearing about their life and stuff. But at the end of the day, it's still express. Like people are still like, all right. So like, what sales do you have? Right. You know? <laughs> so then one day some guy walks in with like a seersucker suit. And I was like, what the hell is that thing? And he was like, yeah, I work at Joseph A. Bank. And I was like, "That you know, the buy one, get 10 place. <laughs> and he was like, yeah. It's so true. <laughs> and he was like, yeah. I was like, are you hiring? And he was like, uh, I don't know. So I was like, oh, like I like dropped what I was folding um i ran over i got some receipt paper wrote my name and number down and handed it to him Mm. i was like dude give me a call i got a call like a week later and i got hired at joseph a bank and that's where i was like okay so like the the clothing is a big deal to me you know and that solidified it and uh joseph a bank was a nightmare to work at um i was the store manager when men's warehouse bought them so during a whole corporate takeover i was trying to like Figure out the job and all this. Oh, man. Yeah. Which was, it must have been fun. Oh, my God. It was absolutely <laughs> wild. Wow. Because nobody knew what they were doing. Nobody right. had any answers. Right. And the customers were just like, I don't care. Give me a deal. And I was like, but I just want to make you look good. <laughs> but I, while I was there, I started to notice so much more that customers would come in and be like, well, you're the expert. You tell me you're the expert. And I was right. like, yeah. Okay. So, like, if they think we're the experts, like, And my associates don't know anything, you know, they just know that, you know, it's buy one, get one free or whatever. So I was like, let, let me start to like dive into like the history of like menswear and clothing and this. And I started having store meetings and I was like, guys, like, let's talk about this. Why do you only button one button versus two? Why do you have a, a little bit of cuff showing on your sleeve under your jacket? Like, what are all these things? Like, why do you want different lengths on your pants? And, I started to like really beef up the knowledge of our uh, sales team. And it was awesome. I Like after that, customers were just like, I noticed the dynamic in the store just started to change. It wasn't like, how do I get you to the register with the biggest pile? It was like, how do I take time with you? How do I understand who you are? There was a lot more of a dynamic conversation going on between my associates and the customers. And I started to like love it. But at the end of the day, it was just it's a crap product. And I was like, God, (laughs) this sucks. (laughs) Ah." You know, but I worked there for like two and a half years. Then I hopped over to a boutique store and that's where I was like open to the whole world of like, Oh, like designer clothing, different mills, different fabrics, different all this handwork, like a suits, not just a suit. It's not just a suit, you know, like it's the same thing. Like a Toyota and a Lamborghini. They're both cars. They're totally different things. You know, so I was like very open to that world. And also price was like a huge thing where I was like, wait, what you're gonna spend what? <laughs> How many free are you gonna get? Yeah. They're like, nah, you just that's it. You just get the one thing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what do you mean? So I started to realize, wow, there's this whole world where people are willing to pay because. There's a value to them and their story. And they, a lot of these customers who are gonna pay a lot, they've worked their asses off to get where they are to afford this lifestyle. And they have amazing stories. So then I was just like, oh my God, here keeps coming up. Like who you are, what you wear, it's all connected. And so it was during quarantine that I was like, I gotta make something happen. and i didn't want to go back to the store i was working at i was like i gotta do my own thing i was like i don't care that the whole world is staying at home and social (laughs) distancing i was like what they need is custom luxury clothing right so i was just like i started to put things together and i was like well i need a store i I, you know i don't know like nobody's gonna give me money for a store right now and Mm. i was like but you know back from what i learned you know Somebody used to just show up to your home or office with, like, fabrics and fit you right then and there. Mech, yeah. I was like, I'll just do that. You know, I'll have customers pay me a deposit. That way it covers my cost. I have no inventory. Mm. It's sustainable. It works for them. works for me. I was like, this, this will get me going. And yeah. then maybe a five-year plan, I get a, a store somewhere, like a showroom or something. And in June 2020, like a couple months after – COVID hit, I was I went on my own. I wow. started my own business. Wow. I left my job. I left my paycheck. I wow. um told my then girlfriend
0: during COVID. Uh, yeah, that is so cool. I, yeah. You're another you're another individual on here who started a business during COVID. And it's, I just yeah. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. It
0: I love these stories. And I love yeah. I love having people tell them so others listening can hear that you can do anything.
1: Yeah. You really can. And there was never a point where I was sitting there thinking Nah, you know, maybe I should wait till this is over, you right. know, like, because obviously when I was doing it, I was like, it's supposed to last two weeks. It'll be fine.
0: <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes.
1: I, I was like, it's going to be okay. It'll like, be people fine. Are, yeah. Like people are going to get back to work. Yeah. I was like, I was like, it doesn't matter. I was like, it, it people are always going to need clothing. And what I really started to focus more on was the fact that yes, the world is getting more casual. Um, but. That makes the time that you do dress up that much more important. and special. And I was like, that's where I come in. You know, like you don't. They people tell me all the time, like, "Oh, I go to the bank and everybody's in like a hoodie." I was like, "I don't care. That's not my customer. <laughs> that's not like I never want to sell anything to that person." Yeah, my customer is the guy who owns the bank. Exactly, that's the guy who's flying around who needs a sport coat to go talk to his shareholders,
0: or the guy in the bank who's coming to take out like fifty thousand in cash. <laughs> yeah, for <those> exactly <laughs> for like lunch, like <laughs> lunch,
1: yeah. yeah, like the Morton Steakhouse, right? Yeah. That's my customer. I yeah. don't care that people in the office are not wearing clothing that's not my customer right that person wants machine washable dress pants and blah 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 cool that's not for me you know it's like some nice steakhouse doesn't compete with mcdonald's it's it's a different customer it's a different mindset but we're i think that our generation we're we're in a funny spot because the boomers were so like be the same look normal you know wear a gray suit wear a hat carry a newspaper carry an umbrella like you were a cookie cutter because you wanted Top to blend hat. in yeah, yeah exactly then there the beginning of those kids was the you know the 70s the grunge era the rebellion the nirvana like t-shirts that's fine we're now in this kind of blend of both of those where it's like yeah i like t-shirts but at the same time i People our age are they appreciate nice stuff. And now that the internet is as amazing, you can find out where stuff is made. And you're like, oh, this suit that I've been wearing, it was made by like slaves in China. Yeah. I don't want to wear that. Yeah. I don't mind spending a little extra money on something that's made here in America or made somewhere where I can find out where and look into it. Right. So it's it's a beautiful changing of the industry. And I'm, I'm psyched to be kind of on the forefront of it.
0: That's awesome. I mean, yeah. Anytime you can cut out buying something that's been made by slave labor or, and made in America, you yeah. know, what a, what a bonus for sure.
1: Yeah. Made in America was huge for me. Yeah, um, I was, even at the last store I was at, I was really trying to look at like where, where I could do it, where I could find it because I'm again, that history portion of me, I'm a, I was really big into medieval history when I was in college. But then it is interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I was just like, oh my God, who's dying now? This is awesome. But then I like I really got into American history and American Revolution. I just like kept hearing about all of this amazing stuff. And I was like, this is so cool that I could tell somebody. Here's a crazy story. Yeah. George Washington on his inauguration day had his whole cabinet soon to be cabinet telling him you should show up in your military uniform. And he was like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to remind these people about war and this, this, this is supposed to be about our new future as a new country. And he was like, what I wear on that day will send a message about the direction of this country. Hmm. So what he did is he was like, I'm not going to wear my military uniform. I'm going to wear a suit. And I, and he got that suit made in Hartford, Connecticut. Stop. He, he wore a brown broadcloth suit. G
0: Dubs. Yep,
1: yep. <laughs> the original OG.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. He,
1: yep. He showed up uh, to his inauguration day. Wow. In a suit made in Hartford, Connecticut, because he wanted to show everybody to support American textile, American manufacturing, and that you should wear American because this is our country.
0: That is cool. I never knew that. Yeah. That is awesome. Dropping oh, a knowledge on the Sweeten Up Podcast. Watch I out. Love <laughs> out. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Sweeten
1: Up exclusive. Yes. I love it, man. Yeah. years later. I love it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. You know, wow. it's just like little stuff like that. Like I love here. Like I just picked up a book um about the history of Brooklyn. I, like all of my clothing is made in Brooklyn. Well, my my tailored clothing, meaning suits, sport coats, um, are made in Brooklyn. And then my Knitwear is made in Brooklyn, but my shirts are all made in New Jersey. So I love telling people about the history of Brooklyn and where all that like came from. People like they're very invested in that portion of it. They love hearing about that. A lot of the fabric that I get is actually um, from a mill in Stafford Springs, Connecticut. Mm. So I am, to my knowledge, the only person who offers a American made Grown and sewn suit. Wow! Yeah,
0: <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah, I know Stafford Springs well. You used to spend some time there. Yeah, uh, American years Woolen and years ago. Company. Wow! Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, they do. Uh, they supply all the fabric for the Olympics and wow. the Army.
0: That is awesome. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Yeah, that's super cool.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Look you at know?
0: Connecticut, man.
1: I know we're crushing <laughs> it, and that's what I'm saying. I'm like, you don't like, especially. My, I love telling people. There's no industry more full of smoke and mirrors than the fashion industry, and I feel like every time I tell that to a customer, there's a release. They're like, oh, like thank you for finally saying it
0: because
1: yeah. like, they know it, yeah, like absolutely nobody nobody goes in and buys a Tom Ford suit and thinks, "Yeah, this deserves to be seventy five hundred dollars, you know." And they're in stores all over the place. Like if it was like a boutique and it was $7,500, totally different story. But you know, if you're getting prime real estate in like midtown Manhattan, you've got to cover rent. You've got to do that. Like that's why these things are the prices that they are. Yeah. And a lot of these things, H and M Tom Ford, it doesn't matter what it is. They're all making it in the same factory in Malaysia or in China or in Mexico, Like, that information is out there. Right. And for whatever reason, customers are like, yeah, no, I don't care. You know? So I love that I can show people, like, look, I'm in Brooklyn. Look, here's the tailor. Here he is. You know? Here's a picture of me and him. Look, he's sewing your stuff. Yeah. Right here. Like, 200 miles away from you. That's it. Um, you know, it's it's a huge part of my business where I can show customers their garments being made. That's very and cool. They're they're very invested. It's a nobody who shops, nobody who buys from me feels like they're shopping. You know, they, that's it, very cool. It's a totally different kind of interaction, and it all starts with it's just like tell me about yourself. Right. You know, like just. What Whatever you wear, even if it's not what you think you should be wearing, it says something about you. Perfect example, Vanessa. She totally knew, like, I can dress better, you know, and that's how she got to me. And she's like, all right, this is what I wear. I wear sweats. I wear hoodies. I wear T-shirts with 90s references on them, you know, stuff <laughs> so like that. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's awesome. That says something about you. Like, let's lean into this. She's also like five feet tall. So I was like, you know, we're not going to be wearing like a bunch of like huge suits and this and that. I was like, let's play into this. Like we got to, you're a chef or, you know, you're into food. You're all these things. You're a business owner. Like we've got to kind of play, merge all these worlds. So we went with like softer lines, tone down colors. It looks like she's not afraid to, roll up her sleeves like she's not like picture perfect in a well-tailored suit it's it's a garment that's easy that's relaxed that looks like at any point in time she could just change into what she needs to like that's a that's an example of like her just representing herself and it's it, it takes a lot of relationship building to get to that point with any customer so you know i i enjoy just talking to people and i feel like that's that's Like what you do also. You just like getting to know people. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah, and have them tell their story and hope that maybe it'll inspire someone else to do something unique and extraordinary and challenging in their own life. Because yeah, with COVID, challenging time to start anything, but I've got a list of people that have come on the show, who have done it, and and have been successful and proved that you could do it uh, no matter what the you know the time frame is or the situation is or what's going on in the world, yeah, and and that's so cool. And and we definitely you know I know nothing about fashion, and I know a lot of people that probably don't. We need people such as yourself to help us and and to make <laughs> to help us look good because yeah. it's not easy. It's not. It's not. And if you don't know what you're doing, you could you could go down a rabbit hole spending all this money, not yeah. knowing you know when you you could be putting your money towards someone who's going to direct you to the right place and the yeah. right clothes.
1: Yeah, I. Uh I try to tell people, think of me as like your financial advisor. You know, I you're hiring me to help you spend your money appropriately. And especially, listen, my My clothing is very expensive. I am not for everybody. Like I'm okay with that. You know, it, it costs a lot to do business in America. Mainly, let me preface this by saying one of the main reasons that there are such big price differences between made in China and made in here is because there's very lax labor laws in China. Right. You can pay somebody cents a day, and that way you save money on manufacturing, and it goes into the cost of the garment. Me, all of my tailors are paid salary, livable working wages. They all live in New York.
0: How it should be. You
1: know, exactly. Like They do this out of pure passion that price is reflected in the prices of my garments exactly you know a suit I'll i will give another exclusive I never talk prices sure a suit for me starts at $6,500 okay you know and it's like that my cost is still more than what you would see it in like the mall or anything like that but I love it because I go down I talk to my tailor and I'm like all your employees have benefits. All of your employees live. Like, they're all, like, I'm fine with that, you know? And I love talk. and I, I find customers who can afford that, and I tell them that, and they're like, that's how it should be. Right. You know, they're like, we, I, yes, absolutely, here. Because they've spent 10 times that much on random designer clothing that's made in Mexico, made in Indonesia, Bangladesh, wherever, and it's like just profit going to the company. I was like, I'm driving a 2011 uh, Chrysler 300 with a crack in the window. You know, yeah. like my money is going right back into the local economy. I only shop local. I only eat local. I only do anything. So whether you're buying money from me or whatever, if it's coming to me, it's going right back into facts. This uh, this system that we've got, and I'm I'm all in. Like I'm not. I do have a little gripe with business owners, local business owners, who tell me about everything they get on Amazon. Mm. That kills me. Mm. Absolutely kills me. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I just, I can't, I I have to be mentally all in with my business because I'm mentally all in with my customers. Right. I can't tell you this is how you should spend your money when I'm going to leave and go do the exact opposite. I have no problem spending more money on what I want. If it's made here, you know, I, there's a local uh, market in Manchester. It's like a pop-up for small businesses, all these local creators. They just, they're amazing, you know, and it's like a, yeah, like a farmer's market for small, small businesses. And they have been on weekends and I'll go there. Last week I picked up like a soap tray and some candles and some shampoo and all this, like, hell yeah. Like, did I get it in next day, shipping, whatever? No. I had to drive there. I had to find parking. And guess what? I met some amazing people who were so passionate about soap. I loved it. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. That's the best. uh, Yeah. And then I left, and I'm all happy now in my room. Like, I got this candle, and they're telling me about, like, how they came up with this smell, you know? I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, I'm all about it. Like, my friends kind of get on me because I'm always like pushing local like i'm always like let's do this like let's like i found this local place and they're like yeah but i had this bad experience i was like just because it's local doesn't mean it's better but you have to try it exactly just like every other business exactly it's not always going to be amazing mm-hmm. try it out move on to the next one it's not that hard yeah you know, it's a, Like, the inconvenient factor between that and, like, Amazon or that or, like, Uber Eats is so minimal in the grand scheme of things. You know? It's like, just go to the restaurant. (laughs) Try it out. Yeah. Okay, it didn't work. Whatever.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Move on with your life. Like,
1: what do you want me to say? Like, (laughs) I guarantee you went to a chain restaurant, got a meal, and it wasn't that great. But in your mind, you chalked it up to, yeah, well, it's a chain, you know? So, like, you know. You win some, you lose some. But when it's local, it's like, oh, well, blah, blah. This is why I only go to this place. And it's like, oh, my God, dude. No.
0: Yeah, that's the interesting thing that was brought up during during the pandemic was how – you Know a lot of people were complaining about their local restaurant, yet they'll go to McDonald's over and over and over and over exactly. and over, and they'll never cause a stink. I mean, maybe they'll write like a Google review yeah. on the McDonald's, which I love. I love reading McDonald's Google. This food wasn't as good as I thought. It's McDonald's, like, what are, <laughs> I've never what are you to doing? Do that. Oh, the reviews on McDonald's are hilarious. That's awesome because it's because it's like who they're, is writing they're these ups- reviews, they're upset about the food they got. It's like, uh, yeah, dude, it's fast food, man. Oh <laughs> like, my god, but uh. But yeah, no. That's that's one of the points. Like you'll you'll complain. You'll you'll go to a local restaurant and they'll mess up one thing, and you'll
1: never go back. But
0: you'll keep going back to McDonald's, and they'll mess up your order. But you'll keep going back.
1: They'll they'll literally not give you a drink, and you'll drive away,
0: (laughs) and you'll come back. Yeah, and you'll be like, ah, well, (laughs) whatever, you know.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's just it kills me, you know. So like, I just uh, I just had a customer, um, relatively new client of mine, and he's a big dude. Uh, he's like, I don't know, six, three, maybe 300 pounds. And he's like, yeah, no, I need custom. Like, I just don't like, I can't buy anything. Yeah. Go to his house. He was like, let's clean out my closet. I was like, (laughs) all right, absolutely. We clean out his closet. He has been impulse shopping his entire life. (laughs) We must've taken out 20 years worth of oh, I just need a shirt. Let me grab this. Shirts oh, that no. never fit. Shirts that never did fit. Shirts oh, that no. he was never going to wear again. Some shirts I had the tags on them. <laughs> oh, no. All this and that. I, it was insane. And then he made a purchase with me and it was expensive. I was like, dude, you probably spent more than this on all this clothing that I'm taking away from you. And that's 20 years of your life that you're never going to get back. Wow. Whereas what I just gave you You can wear it a thousand different ways. I gave him like a blue blazer, a couple pairs of pants and some shirts. I'm like, this right here is a capsule wardrobe you could wear in a myriad of different ways. Whereas you, I'm literally taking out maybe 80 shirts that look terrible on you. They were baggy, they were too long, they were too short, they were too this, too, all this. Like, and he was like, yeah, I mean, there's a reason you're here right now. So once, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of like a awkward situation because customers get kind of mad at themselves. I'm like, hey, you know, whatever, we're here now. Right. Um, but I actually I ended up uh, during COVID and kind of over the summer when people started talking about their jobs changing, like oh, I'm going to go virtual forever. You know, a lot of people all of a sudden had this. Wardrobe that they've accumulated over however many years that they'll never put on again. So I started hearing from all these customers and all these just people in general, oh, like, uh, I've got this wardrobe I'm never going to wear. I don't know what to do with it. Uh, I'll give it a goodwill. I was like, don't give it a goodwill. Goodwill is a terrible organization. And mostly the people who shop there are just cheap people who can afford anything else. They just don't want to. I was like, they're just. Thrifty people,
0: yeah. Their CEO is like a billionaire, millionaire, yeah, something exactly. Like that. Yeah. He
1: rages around in his private jet. That, all that's this. sketchy to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just like, no, like it's not. I was like, you know, give it to a local thrift store if you're gonna do it. Like maybe that part, because that customer is probably more like a eco-conscious millennial or something. Sometimes
0: like I donate clothes yeah. to my church.
1: Yeah, exactly. So what I started to do, I was like, all right, well, I got to find a place to give all this clothing because people keep saying this to me when I go to their house. Like, oh, I've got all this stuff i never going to wear. I was like, I'm fine. So I found a couple of organizations that actually work with people who are being released from incarceration or are trying to get back into the workforce. Ah. So I found these organizations and I was like, okay, give me all the clothes. And I bring them right to these organizations. Very cool. Yeah. So that's been awesome. So then I tell customers, I'm like, look, you're buying clothing that's made in America. You're helping a small business by supporting me. I'm only buying local. And the clothing that you're getting rid of is going right back to help people who are only gonna work in the workforce. Like I work very hard to create a circular economy. It's all
0: that's awesome, dude.
1: You know, (laughs) that's awesome. Thank you. Kudos to you, man. Thank you. That's very tremendous. Much.
0: That's tremendous. Thank you. I it's, knew you were a great guy, but man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but man this yeah. is this is good stuff.
1: Thank you. Yeah. No, it's just it's just been huge, you know, because I again the same with our uh fashion system is all terrible and everybody knows it, but nobody cares. Same thing with our criminal justice system. We know it's messed up. We know there's a lot of people inside who shouldn't be. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, if I can give them some clothing, because I've met people who have been inside for 15, 20 years. And they're like, yeah, no, I got like a DUI or not a DUI. They were much more lax back in the day, but I did something back then that isn't that bad now. Like, but mar- like marijuana. Marijuana, you know, perfect. It's nothing example. now. Yeah. It's legal. And they're like, <laughs> I was inside for like 10 years for like dealing weed. That's like, that legal. Like Yale campus yeah. or something, you yeah. know? Um, and their whole bodies changed, their whole this, that, their lives are changed, their families disown them, this and that. Like if I can give them like a pile of clothing and just be like, here, just here's one thing off everything that you have to do. Here's one thing You'll we can to cross about. off. Now focus on everything else, you know? Because a lot of the reasons why people like get back into – crime and everything is because it's just, it's overwhelming. You know, we all saw Shawshank, you know, like trying to get back into the real world. It is overwhelming. It's like, couldn't imagine. I got to get a job. I got to pay bills. I got to find food. I got to, I need clothing. You know what? all this, while well,
0: okay. at the same time, everywhere you apply, yep. they're judging you because exactly. you have to put down that you've been yep. incarcerated. Exactly, and that's another stress and another yeah. pressure that comes with it.
1: It's 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 absolutely insane what we put these people through. And yeah, it's like just just because we say we want them back in the system and to act normal, and yet we don't help them out at all. Yeah, so it's like all right, here's some clothing. Yeah, you look good, you feel good, walk out there with a little bit of confidence. You know, I, you've got a story to tell. And just because you can't afford my clothing doesn't mean you don't have a story, right? you know? And that was another big thing. It was like, you know, I talk about everybody's stories and yet only a very few people can afford my clothing. I was like, how do I, how do I like start to break into other places? And I was like, okay, so I brought on shirts. I do custom shirts. I brought on knitwear. That's been big for me. But then now doing this and I'm, I'm looking to probably uh, make this something more official in the nonprofit sector with the clothing because the programs that I work with, the clothing is more of like a secondary thing. Like they're focused on getting them jobs while they're there, Hey, look at look through this closet, get some stuff. But you know, maybe uh, you know, down the road, I'd like to get into the nonprofit sector.
0: That's cool. Yeah. That's so cool! Thank you. This yeah. is this is great stuff, man. I love <laughs> it. And you know, speaking of the name of the company, Bard's Clothing, yeah. uh, talk to me about how you came up with the name. And for those listening who maybe don't know what a Bard is, yeah. definitely explain that.
1: Yeah. So uh, when I started Bard's, I did not know what a Bard was. Gotcha. I had heard the word, and I didn't know until just yeah. recently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I looked <Yeah>. it up. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those words where people either have no idea, or they know exactly what it is. Gotcha, yeah. No one's like, ah, oh, what does that mean again? <laughs> you know, no, that's never been my oh, experience. that sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No one's kind of familiar with a bard. Um, so bards were storytellers yeah. back in the day. Um, back in medieval times, Bards would travel throughout the kingdom and they would basically uphold the culture of the kingdom. They would talk about the new laws that were going into effect. They would talk about what was happening in the kingdom. They would talk about who's getting married, who's not. They would talk about stories about kings of old, they would really kind of uphold the fabric of society just through conversation and just through storytelling. And if somebody did something heroic, they would get that out there. So you you we hear all these folk stories and tales and everything. We hear about them because they exist, but how they got spread were through the work of bards. So anybody who's a storyteller is a bard. I have always enjoyed telling stories. If you talk to anybody in my family, they will tell you I can talk their ear off. <laughs> I am a very, for the sake of the podcast, I'm not doing it, but I'm a very loud human being. I have a very loud laugh. My mother constantly yells at me for laughing out loud. <laughs> so I've always enjoyed telling stories. I've always enjoyed, enjoyed uh, how to captivate people and the taking them on the roller coaster of emotions that are possible, but also taking your story how do i change that how do i warp that it'll always happen with a a group of friends where we'll all be together and they'll be like oh this thing happened oh matt you tell the story you tell it so much better i'm like okay so there's something to like you know we all have the same memory we all have this shared experience but you want me to convey it (laughs) i was like there's that that's cool like yeah So, uh, so what do I, what do I do with that? Okay. So then when I started getting into clothing, I was like, well, basically what I'm doing is I'm just taking the information you're relaying to me and telling it right back to you. I'm, I'm selling you on you. And I was like, okay, well that's all right. So, you know, maybe one day when I write a memoir or something, this will all be very theatrical, but I was sitting at at home um, and I was like on my uh, crappy little like Chromebook computer that I had like scrounged together money to get. It was like full price, like 150 bucks from like BJ's. I was like, all right, I'm like there, I'm like trying to build a business on this thing. And I'm like looking up on thesaurus.com, I'm like storyteller like talking like this. I had to, all these words and I was just like writing them down, putting them on sticky notes and putting them up against the wall. And I had, a you know, one of those walls that like slants towards you. And I'm just like, I've got them all there. And I'm just like spinning around and over like days, I was just like, what's ah, it's this, I don't like this. I don't like that. <laughs> I was like, I, I was going to go with storytellers and I was just like, ah, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't really do it. And I was like, you know what? Like, I want something that has that doesn't that people don't really know what it is. Right. Because it'll go into learning, I don't really know about you, you know. Like, let's get your story. The same way I tell you about the name of the company, I want to know about you. So I saw this word on the wall and I was like, Bard, like bards, like that, bards. Yeah, hell yeah. Like that's awesome. And I was and I was just like this this is it. Like yes, that way I'm a bard if I and hopefully when I expand right. they will be bards. Yep. Sort of bard's clothing. I consider my tailors a part of my organization even though they're not on my payroll, they're on their own. Um <laughs> th- you know, I was like this, this is it. You know, we're all storytellers. We're all part of this yeah. or, like um mission to tell people stories through clothing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, this is it. <laughs> I was like, it was like a lightning bolt kind of a moment That's where awesome. I just saw that word and I was like, <laughs> yes. I was like, it's strong, it's short, it's easy. I love it. You know, I was like, yeah, this this is going to be perfect um people who play video games are very familiar with it because i guess in all these like skyrim and this and that yeah. there's always like the bard true. who like plays <laughs> like the lute and stuff um true if you watch the witcher the guy who sings yes, the song the, he's witcher, the Bard, yes. they yep. always refer to him as the bard true that's true yeah uh so yeah it's just a storyteller and i was like this is this is it this is everything for me i want to tell you about the fabric. I want to tell you about George Washington. I want to tell you about Brooklyn. <laughs> I want to tell you about yourself. I want to tell you about myself. I like everything that I'm doing is a story. And I started getting so into storytelling that now I'm actually going to like storytelling, like competitions and stuff. And I was like, <laughs> That's how do awesome. I, how do I up my storytelling uh, game? Um, but that, that was really it. And I, I, was like, okay, so this is cool. It's about stories. And I made the mission statement of my company, uh, tell your story. My mission is to tell your story. And I worded it that way because I wanted, in the beginning, my mission is to tell your story through clothing. But I wanted it over time to change, like Vanessa. Like I didn't see her before she did all this photo shoots. She put together all the clothing. After all the work that we did together, now sh- I—it's almost like I'm telling you, tell your story. You know, now it's like on you. You go forward and you do it. I'll put it all together. I'll make you see what this is. You know, I don't want to be the guy who's like, oh, I just got some brand new product in. Come check it out. Like that's not right. it. Like I want to be like, how do I build a wardrobe around your lifestyle? That way you can tell your story whenever, wherever, however, and hopefully when you want to come back, we'll just build on that, you know? So it, it really came from a place of like, how do I put ownership back on the customer? Mm. How do I get them involved? How do I get them in the game? You know, because it's like, it is like a, I, in a way I am like a commissioned artist, you know, people hire me to make something and it's like, it does come out of like a vision and, I'm like, yeah, okay, so you want this artwork, but like why? Like how, like, you know, what's it gonna do for you? How do I make it work for you? Um, I try to find out um things about my customers, very personal things, and sometimes I'll try to surprise them in the garment. I did a wedding over the summer where I was talking. With the groom and i was telling him hey do you want anything under the collar of the jacket and he's like i don't really know what to put blah, blah blah i go home and his wife emails me and she's like hey i heard you talk about something can i write something under the collar as like a message to him <laughs> i was like "Absolutely, this is that's perfect. cool yeah. yeah so on the day of the wedding she was like hey babe like flip up your collar and take a look. And she had wrote like a little message to them that only they would get. So cool. And dude. he was like, he was like calling me on his wedding day, calling me. And he was, like, dude, I was crying like this <laughs> and that. And I was like, it's like so powerful. Matt, you know? I love you. Bro. Yeah, exactly. He's like, where are you, man? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, I was like raging that. I had one guy, um, he's a huge Quentin Tarantino fan. Ah. And so am I. So, I was like, you know, like, the best scene, obviously, is in Pulp Fiction. Yes. Where he's like, get my wallet. Yep. And he's like, how do I know which one's yours? And it's
0: like... The one one that says badass motherfucker on it.
1: (laughs) So... I put that under the collar.
0: (laughs) So I put bad
1: motherfucker under the collar. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, he can now say, you know, get my sport codes. The one that says bad motherfucker.
0: Nice. Swearing's allowed. I always tell people. Okay. Well, I forget to tell people, but then they're like, is swearing okay? I'm like, yeah, swearing is okay. Yeah. You could say, fuck, it's fine. (laughs) Whatever. No
1: kids (laughs) listening. Um, There might be, but yeah, yeah, that's
0: up to their folks. (laughs) Fuck (laughs) them. Or whatever. (laughs) Plus, they're going to learn this anyway. When they do, (laughs) they can thank the podcast podcast later <laughs> exactly exactly
1: yeah so I was like you know what I just I love being able to do that you know it's it makes the clothing nice. very personal yeah um, no for sure little things like that I try to put uh, people's names inside the garment and just figure out ways that I can really go above and beyond on making this your garment your thing you know
0: that's awesome that's one of the things I love so much when I looked you up was because you know, there's there's tailors out there, and there's folks that do what you do, but when I saw that you tailor their what they wear to um, their story. I was like, wow, okay, so this goes way deeper than just a tailor. This is way more involved, way more in-depth, yeah. way more personal. Yeah. And right. I'm like, man, this is cool. Like, yeah. You don't really see this at all. And I'm like, this is really, really awesome. So, yeah, so I mean, obviously, really, really dig it and, and love what you do. And the website's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And um, you know, your, your Instagram myself. presence. Yeah? Yeah. That's awesome.
1: Everything that you see is all me.
0: That's awesome.
1: But... I will say. Yes. With a lot of help. Of course. You know, like I, so one of my, one of my business idols, I will say, is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like mm. I love, I love him. Yeah. And yes, nobody's perfect. Get to the chopper. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, nobody's perfect. He's done, he's had his mistakes and blah, sure, blah, blah, Sure, yeah, no. I'm not trying to get canceled. <laughs> no, 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 no <laughs> He's a good guy. No, of course but not. Everyone's had their there's, mistakes. There's this one uh, quote that I he has. He gave it at a commencement speech, I think in 2017. He was like, you can call me whatever you want. You can call me the governor. You can call <laughs> me Schwartz and schnitzel. You can call me whatever. Don't ever call me a self-made man. He's like, when I came to this country, I had $40 in my pocket. I didn't speak a word of English. I lived at the gym But on Thanksgiving Day, I was alone at the gym. The other people at the gym came up. They brought me food, they brought me clothing, they brought me blankets. From then on, they were helping spot me at the gym. They were giving me calls to go here. You know, the first person who found me an agent, the agent, everything in my ladder to success, it's all because of somebody. Yeah. You know, like, and I'm like, yes, that is perfect. Like, There's no portion of business that you do on yourself. I I have so much against people who pride themselves on being self-made. You're not. I don't care what you are, especially somebody who sells something. You are only here because somebody made that thing. You are only here because somebody bought that thing. You know, like you did not, the money just doesn't appear in your bank account. So I actually have a list in my room of everybody who's helped, my niece, design my logo. You know, I have every iteration of my logo somewhere on my phone, you know, I'm just like, this is awesome. I, the girl who helped open my first business bank account, like just stuff like that, where I'm like, yes, you're a part of this. You're a part of this story, no matter what, like my success is your success. And I never, ever will forget everybody who's helped me, like a photo shoot, a this, a videography, like taking a photo, doing something. I've had a friend at a wedding saw my logo because it was on my uh, garment bag while the groom was getting ready, took a picture of that and sent it to me. And I'm just like, this is beyond cool. Like, (laughs) oh my God. It's stuff like that where I'm like, oh, just, I love the sense of connectivity you know, from other people. And like, as I'm saying this, like you're smiling also. And like, I know you love it also, you know, just yeah, like that, that thriving on people getting connected and really understanding what that human connection is.
0: Yeah. I can relate because of the podcast. Yeah, I work on it with four of my friends that I've known since first grade.
1: That's great.
0: And I got two producers. I got a guy who does my music. I got an editor and a writer. Jeez. My other friend is a my friend, Devin. He's kind of like a, morale booster he kind of yeah. keeps us like up when we're down when like we're grinding on podcasts and we're just you know working really hard and everything and yeah. and, and then and then all the way and then all the way to Lisa Nichols who did my photos and yeah. now when people see my podcast photo they're like damn you're legit dude yeah you have a legit show and I'm like yeah, yeah I do and it's because of all these people who came together to help me make this dream a reality
1: yeah it's, a, it's And here we are. Insane. Yeah. Ep- Eight,
0: episode 88 we're literally talking right now. I'm almost at 100 episodes. Like That's it's insane. crazy. All because I had support of so many people.
1: Right, exactly. You know, yeah. it's like it's uh, there's only one way I uh, you know, I sell extremely expensive clothing and i did it during a time when everybody in the world (laughs) was told stay inside don't go outside do not dress up for anything people were working yeah exactly like i don't care that you have a job stay home stay home i am only here i will be two years old as a business in june Wow. I'm only here because of that.
0: The show's two years yeah. old in April. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Nice. I feel like we should celebrate. Yeah, together. exactly. <laughs> Happy birthday.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, you know, it is absolutely wild wow. how um much perspective you gain and can maintain when you remember how many people are involved in your success. Yeah. You know, cause I it's very easy to get bogged down in the Oh god, well like they don't understand. They don't understand. Like I, you know, everybody of course wants to give you advice on what you should do and this and that. And I'm like, ah, "No, like I'm just like this uh, toiling artist who like is trying to figure it out." I'm like, "Mozart, you don't get it." But I'm like e- 2 minutes into thinking like that, I'm like, "Absolutely not." My niece understands. She made my logo. She got what I was we talked about it. She got it and we logo. we did this. You yeah. know, thank you very much. Yeah. You know, and like Shout out to your niece. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, Dylan. You're the best. Um, It was her birthday the other day, so happy birthday, Dylan. (laughs) Happy
0: birthday.
1: You know, just like my photo shoots, I've worked with two or three different um, photographers, and I'm always like, I really want like this earthy tone, blah blah blah. And every single time I do a photo shoot, I'm just like, this is crazy. I was like, this is how I see the world in my brain, and like just from talking to you, you made it happen. You know, customers they want to see it you know yeah. you know how hard it is to convince somebody to give you a ton of money when you just show them a tiny little picture of fabric it you know but they <laughs> they they're in it you know they're invested you know and some of my friends are like yeah i want to support you like i'll get a shirt or something and it's funny cuz like i recently brought on knitwear so all like i was gonna sweater. ask you about that yeah. how's that been going
0: it's been awesome. it looks amazing thank you and thank i gotta you. tell you i'm raring to get some yeah i'm
1: I, yeah it, you would rage the uh the knit blazer elite. i uh, it's thank awesome.
0: you i yeah <laughs> i feel like i would <laughs> it's
1: awesome you just put it on with a t-shirt and that uh, and people are like wow nice you know it's so easy and i love your wear. instagram
0: post where you thank show you. it yeah and you kind of explain you know thank yeah. you
1: yeah it's you know, it, I try to tell people, I was like, you don't need to wear a suit to look nice. Right.
0: Here's. But it doesn't yeah, hurt. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Guess how many suits I own.
0: Oh, man. I don't want to say a number too low. Like four? <laughs> Three. Three. Oh, so
1: close! I own three so suits. So close. Yeah,
0: I'm proud of myself. Yeah, no, I'm proud that is because most
1: it. people are like, "Bro, you must oh, have like, like
0: twenty suits, like 30, 40. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, like a rex on rex. Yeah. I'm like, no, like I have three. Yeah, you know, because again, the world is more casual. You keep telling me that I am going to dress appropriately, but I can wear jeans and a sport coat. Now I have a ton of True. sport coats. You know, I wear jeans and sport coat. I'm wearing a blazer today. You know, like that's the yeah, way. Yeah, you look sharp, man.
0: Thank you. You showed up. I'm on my balcony. I'm like, oh
1: my God, you look so good. I'm in my t shirt shorts. I know. I was down below. I was like, put some pants on. Some
0: th- <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoops. I'm like, oops. I forgot <laughs> my pants again. Yeah, close your robe.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, like, uh, and, you know, that's just his. It. Like, you don't have to wear a suit and tie to just look good. Sure. It's about. A shirt that fits, mm-hmm. pants that fit. Yeah. It's crazy what fit does for you. Yeah. So the knitwear came on um my radar because I was making custom shirts. It still am making custom shirts. And friends who would want to support me, I would be like, all right, so like let's do it. Like they're like, all right, like I can't afford a suit or whatever. So like l- l- let me get a shirt. And I was like, yeah. So I make them a shirt and I don't make too much money on shirts. And especially when I make one, I make like 50 bucks. Um, but what would always happen is that a a friend of mine would be like, yeah. So like, I love the shirt. It's now like my special shirt. I only break it out like once a year. I'm like, that doesn't help me like at all. Like (laughs) not wearing this thing, but they're (laughs) like, it's, they're too scared to kind of like, you know, wear it out. Sure. So I was like, I need something else. So I found this company, um, a manufacturer in Brooklyn that makes on-demand knitwear. So I was like, I can have a picture of it. Somebody orders it. They make it right then and there on the spot, and it's a three-day turnaround. Wow. Yeah. So I was like, again, no inventory, sustainable. They're all using completely um, legit fibers and uh, textiles. And I was like, yes, you're, and you're in Brooklyn. Like this is, you're checking all the boxes and it's affordable. So like a a knit blazer, I think on my website is like 450 or something like that. So a blazer that you're probably going to wear, like when you go out to the bar, when you go to work, when you have an interview, when you have a date, whatever you wear that and, and (laughs) it's machine washable
0: love
1: it <laughs> i mean like come on like i that's awesome yeah this is a shameless plug for my knit, bla- <laughs> yeah. knit blazer but it's just like i'm like if you really are dressed casual here is something for that yeah wear jeans a t-shirt and the knit blazer guarantee you you will get at least two compliments the night you wear it out
0: yeah guarantee no it looks incredible you know? yeah and, and for just, those for those listening his knitwear, bardsclothing.com. Check it out. Right now bardsclothing.com, go over the knitwear and literally check it out while we're talking about it cuz it's it's great. It's awesome. Yeah. It's yeah. so cool. Thank and you. that was one of the things Vanessa said. This knitwear is like unbelievable, yeah. you know, everything's unbelievable, he's got this knitwear yeah. that's off the chain and I'm it, like, nice.
1: yeah, it's uh, you know, and it's also it's all um whatever your body type is, if you have a male body type or a female body type, Uh, I've got clothing for that, you know, so it's uh, obviously with when you hear custom clothing, you think men. Um, But I'm really working on trying to get more women and do more of uh, tailored clothing for women. But for the knitwear, it was just very easy to throw up um, a cardigan that's got the female body type and people will be like, oh, okay, that's perfect. To date, I think 90% of my sales for knitwear are women. Gotcha. you know they're just like yeah they get it they're like I'm yeah, on board it, yeah yep. <laughs> they're like uh comfy stretchy yeah yeah I um, showed it to my girlfriend yep. she
0: loved it she was like oh yeah, yeah I could wear it I could see myself wearing this like you know, all day all the time yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: yeah no so it's been awesome my my sister she was like so you have like a couple of these things I was like yeah she was like all right I, I want these three things it's like a outfit and it's like shorts a top and like a cardigan sweater and I was like yeah okay please get it and she's like yeah, I, I live in this stuff now and she's got two little girls just run around the house like this and that it's just easy like and that that was big for me because i was like yes this is your story like you're home watching two little girls you're active this and that this is your story tailored like this this all goes into it you know and i've just i've really enjoyed trying to find ways of connecting with other companies and maybe getting them involved or maybe talking to them like what you know what do they bring to the table in terms of like what do they sell because i'm like i said i'm all about like local companies and this and that like there's a guy in new haven he portrays it as love um, new haven yeah he wears it he he portrays it as wearable artwork so it's basically custom clothing but he makes it all and it's all very like fashion forward. And I told him, I was like, I really want to start getting into like, um, almost like, uh, like handkerchiefs around your neck. You know, like you always see like those old hunters wearing them, like, um, Jeremy Irons or something wearing them. I was like, that's the look I want to start getting into. Cause I was like, I'm over the ties also ties like, yeah. suck. So I was like, this is cool for me. Like, I want to do this. So I, reached out to him today and i was like hey can you make stuff because i've got an event next week um the connecticut entrepreneur awards um oh sweet and, uh, i'm not in, up for anything but i'm going i didn't know they um, had
0: awards like y- that yeah, yeah yeah
1: weirdly it's in bridgeport but interesting yeah i was like okay that's a choice where about um no idea Some okay. college P- pierre's college something Oh, okay. i bought my ticket yesterday i went to
0: college in bridgeport yeah yeah who's the tonic valley community college
1: yeah pierre's i had never heard of it but yeah i don't really know anything because i know
0: bridgeport. they got that i know they got bridgeport university that's yeah. all i know i don't know anything yeah else.
1: exactly <laughs> but yeah so yeah it's there but i was like i want to wear this event here because it i the here's a perfect example of like connecticut entrepreneur awards um i bought the ticket and it didn't have anything about like attire you know because i was like oh it's probably like a gala like Black tie. And I emailed the guy. I was like, hey, a tire. And he was like business casual. I was like, Oh, wow. Business casual, okay. Okay. I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. But no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna show I'm up. I'm showing like, up
0: and showing out. <laughs> yep, exactly.
1: I'm showing up in rhinestones and yo, check out this oh, Bard's. Yeah. Yo, yo. yo, a peacock on my side. That's awesome. Yeah, Little but peacock I and yep, love it. I was like, yeah. I was like, this is a perfect example for this guy. He's a local business, a local artist. I can wear his stuff. Yeah. Show it off with my stuff, but also I'm not gonna go in a suit. I'm gonna go in a. a like, I don't know, something awesome. But um, I was like, listen, I, I gotta be there in a way that kind of connects. But I do, a suit, when you think about it, a suit is easy. You know, all you have to th- think about is the shirt you're gonna wear. Because the pant and the jacket match. right? So it's, it's the easiest thing possible to wear. Right. I was like, it's much harder when you wear like a blazer and different pants and a vest and <laughs> a shirt. And you have to put all these things together. Right. It's That's where people are like, oh, wow, like really nice outfit. So I was like, all right, I got to, I you know, yeah, I want to show up in a way where people are receptive, but I don't look like, oh, God, look at this guy. Look at this guy scrolling in in his suit. He thinks he runs the place, you know? So... Um, yeah, you know, I, I gotta learn, uh, you know, tone it down, but tone it into a right direction.
0: Right. Yeah. I've always admired someone who comes in and wears something, wears a nice suit. Yeah. I love it. I love that old schoolness about it that you don't really see anymore. You know, back in the day, like you were saying, everyone used to just get up and go to work and wear a suit. And that yeah. was just, that was just normal. You know, it's, it's daunting to me, but at the same, and it takes a minute to get it all together, but man, when you put everything on. And you look at yourself in the mirror. You are like, yeah. "Damn, who is this? Like, exactly. who am I looking at?" Like, yeah. I've had that happen to me so many times.
1: Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I just I don't get it because like I'll talk to friends and like like you just said, you have a vivid memory of getting dressed, looking nice, <laughs> yeah, feeling nice, <laughs> knowing that this happens. You probably got compliments that night. Yeah, and then. The next time something came up, you were like, eh. yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to dress up. Yeah. I, I, and I'm just like, all right. So like, there's the proof that like looking nice exactly is a good thing. And like you, it feels good. Blah, blah, blah. And people are like, yeah, but uh, I'm
0: not. Dress good. for the job you want, <laughs> yeah, not the yeah. job you have. Yeah. And I always so, remember like, that.
1: That's why I've, I've really put a um, importance on your story. Like. If your story is suit and tie, we'll do suit and tie. If your story is sport coats, we'll do sport coats. To date, I've sold far more sport coats than anything else. I rarely sell a suit. You know, I'm just like, listen, get a coat. You can wear 10 different pants with it. You can wear 10 different tops with it. You can wear all this stuff. You can do that, you can wear, you can bring that one jacket somewhere for a weekend and get a whole range of outfits out of it whereas a suit it's going to be like oh god here this guy comes in the same suit again it's very memorable so working with people about like getting the right outfit for their job and people who you know my my customer and people who I want to be my customer they they're out to make an impression you know they're out to be remembered they they don't want to kind of sit by and i don't know like let me kind of blend in they're there it's not in a loud way but in a way where people are just like hey
0: Thank you so much for listening to part one of a two-part podcast episode with my man, Matthew Banniver. Stay tuned for part two next week and a continuation from where we left off. Yet again, another episode of Sweeten Up is in the books. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. We would greatly appreciate your feedback and support. As a reminder, you can play the podcast with the help of your smart speaker by simply saying, play the podcast Sweeten Up with Jeff Spencer thank you as always to my best friends the guys who make it all possible post production and music Morgan Luzzi production and art director Kurt Vinci editor and writer Nick Pasacreta. and a special thanks as always to Devin Sapelli like I said at the top we will see you next week for part 2 of my chat with owner and founder of Bard's Clothing Matthew Banniver but until then you know the deal stay safe Stay healthy, love you all, peace.